to mention the veritable plethora of broody ones yet to be born. He liked being a druid. Liked everything about it. He liked the power that hummed so potently in his veins. He liked cozying up with a flask of whiskey among the collection of ancient lore and artifacts in the underground chamber library of Castle Keltar. Studying the arcane knowledge, combining a chancy spell with a risky potion, growing stronger and more powerful. He liked walking the heathery hills after a storm, saying the ancient words to heal the land and the wee beasties. He liked performing the rites of the seasons, chanting beneath a fat orange harvest moon, with a fierce highland wind tangling his long dark hair and fanning his sacred fires into pillars of flame, knowing that the all-powerful Tuahadidana depended upon him. He liked bedding the lasses, taking their sweet lushness beneath his hard body, using his druid arts to give them such wild, mindless pleasure as, it was whispered, only an exotic fae lover could bestow. He even liked the brush of fear with which much of his world regarded him, as a Keltar druid and heir to the ancient, terrifying magic of the Old Ones. The laird responsible for the continuation of the sacred Keltar legacy in the late ninth century was devilishly charming, darkly seductive, and the most powerful Keltar druid ever to live. None naysayed, none challenged, none ever bested Kean McKelter. Verily, the possibility that someone or something one day might never even occurred to him, until that cursed Samhain of his thirtieth year. Some men are born under a lucky star. Kean McKelter was not one of them. Shortly thereafter, the underground chamber library was sealed off, never to be mentioned again, and all record of Kean McKelter was stricken from the Keltar-written annals. It is highly debated among surviving Keltar progeny whether or not this controversial ancestor ever even existed. And none know that now, some eleven hundred years later, Kean McKelter still lives. Sort of in a hellish manner of speaking. Part 1 Chicago Chapter 1 Friday, October 6th The call that changed the entire course of Jesse St. James's life came on an utterly unremarkable, dateless Friday night that differed in no particularly significant way from any other unremarkable, dateless Friday night in her all-too-predictable life, which, she was in no hurry to discuss, were a lot of Friday nights. She was sitting in the dark on the fire escape outside the kitchen window of her third-floor apartment at 222 Elizabeth Street enjoying an unseasonably warm autumn evening. She was being a shameless voyeur, peeping around the corner of the brownstone to watch a crowd of people that, unlike her, had time to have a life, and were talking and laughing out on the sidewalk in front of the nightclub across the street. For the past few minutes, she'd been riveted by a leggy redhead and her boyfriend, a dark-haired, sun-bronzed, muscled hottie in jeans and a white T-shirt. He kept backing his girlfriend up against the wall, stretching her hands above her head and kissing her like there was no tomorrow, getting into it with his whole gorgeous rippling body. And would you just look at that hip action? The way he was grinding against her, they might as well be doing it right there in the street. Jessie sucked in a sharp breath. God, had she ever been kissed like that? 
Like the man couldn't wait to get inside her? Like he wanted to devour her, maybe crawl right inside her skin? The redhead's hand slipped free, down to the hottie's ass, fingers curving into his muscled butt, and Jessie's hands curled into fists. When the hottie's hands skimmed up the redhead's breasts, his thumbs grazing her nipples, Jessie's own went hard as little pearls. She could almost imagine she was the one he was kissing, that she was the one he was about to have hot, animalistic. Why can't I have a life like that? she thought. You can, an inner voice reminded, after your Ph.D. The reminder wasn't nearly as effective as it had been years ago as an undergrad. She was sick of being in school, sick of being broke, sick of constantly racing from her classes to her full-time job as Professor Keene's assistant, then home to study, or if she was really...